Welcome to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Every week, I host live chats via our YouTube channel with leaders in the AFL and high-performance industries. Join me live every Sunday at 6pm where I debrief the recent chats and announce the upcoming guests. We drop an inspiring and educational episode every Monday. If you like the show, please follow us on your favourite podcast app. We now have Ben Parker uh, presenting on what is the ideal body composition for Australian rules footballers. Thanks for jumping on, Ben. Thanks for having me again, Jack. That's good very to see good. you. Good see to see you. Uh, repping the PLP shirt. It's looking sharp, mate. I, I need to get Cheers. back in the gym, I think. You're showing me up. <laughs> You're wearing it way better than me. Well, uh, oh, we'll, thanks, we'll, we'll get flooded. <laughs> We're good uh, straight into what everyone wants to know. Uh, well, not everyone, but I can imagine a lot of athletes, and I know a few that I spoke to just leaving the gym this afternoon. Um, how? What is the best way to gain muscle mass? Um, so, I mean, obviously, that's a pretty complicated uh, topic and there's a lot in it. Um, actually, first of all, if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to sort of touch on why you'd want to gain muscle mass in the first place. Absolutely. So, yeah, when speaking about body composition um, for AFL, actually, I've got a question for you, Jack. What is the ideal body composition for an AFL athlete? Well, I would say it would be specific to their position would be a fair, a fair uh, factor to take into account. Um, so your key position guys um, need to be strong in the contest and um, so they need to have some good, a you know, bit more muscle mass, particularly the rucks, key forwards, key backs. And then you've got your wingers, outside mids that probably need to be on the you know leaner side. Um, so any excess weight for them would be a huge focus. So making sure they're quite efficient so they can cover the ground for those high-intensity efforts. Uh, similar with the small forwards, small, the way the game's moving now, it's quite dynamic. So the repeat high-intensity efforts is pretty important. So, uh, And then you've got your inside balls that need a lot of body armour um, to be able to handle the collisions. Um, so a little bit more like a rugby-based um physique for those guys and then you'll have your aerial players that need to look like a basketballer so they can jump nice and high uh so yeah i guess specific to the position they play and then everyone's got different genetics as well so making sure that um we're really sharpening their their weapon from a genetic point of view so they're yeah they're at a good weight that suits their body i guess from a from a subjective point of view they feel good when they play How's that? Absolutely, yeah. It's perfect. Expecting a question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, perfect answer as expected. So you know, as as you said correctly, it's a massive mixed bag. Um, You know, there's different positions, and each position also needs to have the flexibility to move into other roles as well. So you know, the short and tall of it is there is no one ideal physique for an AFL athlete, which is actually in contrast to a lot of other sports. If you think about um, basketballers, they're pretty homogenous, really. Um, you know, you're talking about tall guys with long arm spans, okay? You're talking about track sprinters, uh, a 100-metre sprint. You, you know, you're talking about generally pretty muscular, especially in the legs. Um, if you're talking about marathon runners across the board, you know, like elite marathon runners are going to be small, energy efficient, very light, very slim. Um, and, uh, you know, as you've alluded to, AFL demands all those things from a single athlete. Um, so to be the best uh, and to be an ideal AFL athlete, you've really got to be uh, a jack of all trades, really, don't you? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So um, yeah. When we, so there's a lot of demands in, in AFL, and um, you know, in, in terms of body composition, 
And there's a lot of um, advantages that you can get for your physical traits, right? So, um, and you pretty much outlined all of them perfectly, uh, of which physical traits would be advantageous for each position. Um, in general, because uh, we're asking them to run such far distance, like, you know, even the players who run the least are still going to cover eight, nine, 10 kilometers over the course of a game generally. Um, you know, it's usually advantageous to be uh, leaner rather than carrying excess um, body fat in most cases. Where excess body fat does give you that uh, additional body armor, as you put it, uh, and a bit more uh, weight to throw around, unfortunately, you have to also carry that across the field for the entire um, uh, duration of the game. And that costs additional energy. And so in a sport where we need energy efficiency, uh, in general, you're going to be more energy efficient if you're leaner. Um, so what we want to really do is get functional mass onto the athletes. So by adding lean mass to, to a person's physique, you actually um, are generating more force with that muscle and generating more power. Uh, and it's not just dead weight that you're carrying around. Um, yeah, it's, it's functional to their athletic athleticism. Yeah. And so I think that sort of leads into, well, you know, your first question of why you want to gain more lean mass uh, and generally reduce fat mass um, mm. within a certain range. And that's going to be individualized for each person based on what their genetics are, what their starting point is, what their specific role is. Um, and so when we talk about body composition with athletes, I think it's really important to um, consider all those factors and also consider the impact of changing their body composition on their game and how it's going to affect the game. Um, so when we measure body composition, um, you know, there's lots of different ways we can do it. We can look at um, DEXA scans, we can look at um, bod pods, we can look at skin folds, we can look at just mirror, looking in the mirror and seeing what your physique looks like, um, just daily body weights, you know, simple things like that. And then there's uh, other methods that we don't really use, like uh, biological impedance, um, you know, due, due to the error and um, like underwater weighing and, and even bod pod, you know, generally we, we don't have access to that and it's sort of difficult, but it can be good. Hey guys, I'm sure you're absolutely enjoying this episode, Bite Size episode with Ben Parker. And if you are, we have a full episode with Ben Parker on number 32 of the Prepare Like a Pro podcast show. And I highly recommend listening to it if you're enjoying this bite-sized episode. Ben goes into great detail into how the Gold Coast Suns players uh, fuel for their training, um, not only from a performance point of view, but also to recover and optimize their recovery process, as well as athletes that want to try and reduce weight, gain muscle mass, and not just that, we're going to how does the Novak Djokovic prepare for the 10th Australian Open because it was around the time of the Australian Open in 2021. So make sure to tune into episode 32 with Ben Parker. So, yeah, he's a practitioner working with the Gold Coast Suns with the boys. For those that are listening that might be developing footballers, what would be, yeah, if, if they want to gain muscle mass, which I imagine as a body, when you do a body sculpting, there would have been a phase you were doing that, and then there would be a phase where you're trying to get lean and, and drop body fat, which same with footballers, they, they may have a goal to do that as well, dropping body fat. What, what would be some common tips and tricks that you give developing footballers to apply into their nutrition? 
Yeah, yeah. So obviously, I think mostly for AFL, most guys want to maximize lean mass and, and essentially minimize the excess fat mass. So when it comes to muscle mass, I mean, really, we're talking about um, protein and optimizing your protein intake. That, that's the cornerstone of muscle mass, seeing as how muscle itself is made of protein. So I think most people get enough protein on a daily basis when you look at like two grams per kilo per day, which would be kind of a standard recommendation for a protein intake for an athlete. Mm-hmm. So maybe 100, 160 odd grams uh, of protein. But I think you, if you really break it down, most people probably eat that lunch and dinner and that's it. So protein doesn't really work like that in that if we, if we take an excess of protein, at any given time, the body can only utilize so much and nitrogen itself is toxic to the body. And now back to the bite size episode. Thank you for listening. And then for the, like for the young boys, um, those like, let's say the first year boys that are in the professional system from a philosophy perspective, um, how do you go about, uh, educating them that, you know, we don't want to put on that, all that muscle all that quickly. Like you mentioned, it needs to be gradual um, for it to be functional and to, and to prevent uh, injuries or, or to lose their running game. Um, what are some good ways or some good milestones to set in for those young players that are, you know, they're, they're growing into their body, so they're, they're not at the AFL level yet in terms of their size for men and women, um, but they, you know, you don't want to do it overnight. Absolutely, yeah. And every individual is different and the rate that every individual um, you know, will gain muscle mass uh, varies greatly. So again, you have to take it on a case-by-case basis with each athlete and set realistic goals uh, you know, for that athlete based on their progress. Um, the other thing I like to do with body composition is body composition in and of itself, like so um, we do skin folds and DEXA, for example, it's really important to remember that it's not a performance measurement. So we use it to track changes and look at whether or not our interventions are um, effective or not. And, you know, whether or not that muscle mass is increasing or the body fat's decreasing, but we want to look at it in the context of the rest of the athlete's uh, preparation. So, you know, I like to talk about, well, your skin folds are down this, you know, this month, but how's your running? How are you feeling out on the field? How are you going in the gym? What sort of numbers are you putting up? And do we have quantifiable metrics in all those areas that we can, you know, tie into the whole picture and, and you know, make an informed decision on whether or not, um, you know, we're, mo- we're doing the right things and we're moving in the right direction in terms of body composition. Um, yeah. So yes, I know that didn't really answer your question that well. So essentially the short and tall of it is it's very individualised and we have to do it on a case-by-case basis. Yeah. And it's football specifically, are thinking about the, the game and, and what's going to help them play the game opposed to, like you've mentioned, the, the skin folds being the measure, which, um, yeah, no, no doubt it, it, it's quite an invasive, especially if you're new to the club, uh, quite an intimidating experience to do it and you, you know, you're heavily judged. So you can imagine the if you didn't get the result or the target, how that can, like you said, influence everything, even though they're training really well, they're hitting their you know, they're, they're hitting PBs in the gym, they're feeling really good, and then they do the skin folds and they hit their, t- you know, 2K changes, whatever it might be, and they do the skin folds and it's like all that's forgotten about. So you, you raised a good point. Uh, some clubs from rumours, I don't know if it's whispers or not, but apparently have not done skin folds before. W- what's your take on, on skin folds? 
Um, so I believe the the issue of late and pro pips actually better positioned to talk about this than I am. But um, the, the, at the combine, we've stopped doing uh, skin folds as a one-off measure, and that's because, as a, as I said, it's not a performance measure. Um, it's actually a tool to track change over time. So a single measurement at one time isn't really relevant. Like this, you know, you could take skin folds of 100 people. Some people have got just thicker skin. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's not really correct to compare one individual to another, um, you know, at a, at a single time point, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I'm not sure about how other clubs are using it on a day-to-day. -day. Like we use it as a tool to track change over time within an individual. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it's important to educate the players around that. As you said, it can be very confronting and uncomfortable. And it's important for them to know that, look, we're not, um, we're doing this, you know, to see if our intervention is uh, having the effect, having the desired effect, and to then inform our future interventions. Um, it's not a contest to see who in the list has the lowest skin folds. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's no prizes for that. Um, yeah, and so trying to, you know, it's a constant battle, trying to educate, um, yeah, educate the boys around that and, and some of the staff as well. And on that note, what, what are some common mistakes you've found working uh, with athletes um, when it comes to body composition being the focus? Um, so obviously the primary mistake is what I just said, like people competing with each other and trying to get the, the lowest possible skin folds when that's not necessarily what they need for their game mm -hmm. uh, and for their performance at that point in time. Yeah. In terms of mistakes around um, dieting, I mean, you know, there's thousands. But obviously the, the biggest one is... Um, you know, guys under eating calories and trying to starve themselves to get their skin folds down or, or worse, you, you know, like um, what we want to do to get your skin folds down is to eat a good quality uh, nutrient rich diet. That's, um, you know, got all the micronutrients that we need and, and uh, all the protein and everything to support and, and um, the carbohydrates around training. So that you're not impacting your training try and drop your skin folds because that's a self-defeating you know task what's the point of dropping your skin folds if you can't train as hard yeah <laughs> yeah you completely miss the forest for the trees there yeah um yeah so if we are looking to reduce skin folds we never ever pull back energy um around training sessions we'll use our off days and low days to have less uh calorie dense meals and more nutrient-dense meals, so more fruit and vegetables um, and, and large volumes of food yep. with lower calorie intakes, but still yep. um, making sure we're fueling for training properly and never compromising on that. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, good, good advice for, for any age athletes because I, I definitely know some senior players that have starved themselves to just get a result, <laughs> that's for sure. And, and Lucas O'Day has written in another question. Uh, any tips on maintaining weight? He said he's at 78 kilos and wants to stay there while still getting stronger and fitter. Sure. Yeah. So if you'd struggle to maintain weight, like it sounds like he's, you know, uh, loses weight easily. Um, you know, some good tips around that is I, I like to do liquid calories uh, and things like smoothies and stuff like that. Cause generally um, those liquid calories go in as an extra and you still maintain your normal eating patterns around them. Um, so that can be good ways to, to boost up your energy intake. 
um, looking at more energy dense uh, meals and maybe uh, increasing your protein intake as well a little bit. Awesome. Oh, Sorry, you. that's not very specific, but without uh, having a conversation with you and finding out what your exact uh, issue is, it's difficult to uh, pinpoint it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if uh, Lucas wants to find out more information or if anyone else does, Ben, where, where's the best place to get in contact with yourself? Um, so yeah, probably same, same as back. I'm through my Instagram. I'm pretty active. Um, so yeah, anything specific comes through that. And yeah, if you really want to see me get um, drafted to the Suns. Hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, mate. Thank, thanks for jumping on and sharing your knowledge and, and practical tips with us as well, mate. My pleasure. Thanks, Jack. If you enjoyed this episode and want even more, our academy is for you. The Prepare Like a Pro Academy is a platform that hosts exclusive features and bonus content such as a Q&A segment aimed at getting to know the guests on a more personal level. Here's an example with Emily Meehan, head sports dietitian of the Collingwood Football Club. What are things that, that fire you up? Oh, this one is always, uh, so I suppose it is... Um, It'll be topical for most people, I think, but staying in your lane. And I often find that with nutrition, everyone eats, so everyone has an opinion. And I think that's what really gets me fired up um, because so many people try and provide nutrition advice based on their end of one experience when they did intermittent fasting or keto or whatever it might be. And then game changes, yeah, game changes, whatever that might be. And look, it probably keeps me in a job, but that it does drive me insane because yeah. sometimes the information can be so detrimental um, and opposite to what I've been working with my athlete or athletes and, you know, and because they hear it on someone's socials or through a documentary, it unravels everything that I've been working with an athlete for. Yeah. Another feature of our academy is the opportunity each week to join myself as co-host on the Prepare Like a Pro live chat show. Here's an example with academy member Rama Davies, the strength conditioning coach at the Box Hill Hawks. Welcome Rama to the chat. Uh, Rama has also worked at at Box Hill, or currently he's working at Box Hill Hawks with us, so he's another Box Hill man uh, in the strength and conditioning department. So I'll handle it over to you, Rama, to, to ask you a question, mate. Thanks for joining us. Excellent. Thanks, Jack. And yeah, thanks, um, thanks, Sam, for the chat. It was, uh, I found it to be really insightful, plenty of gems in there, um, and I enjoyed it a lot. Um, mate, my, my question to you was, you spoke a, a, quite a bit about um, perspective during that chat. Um, and I was wondering, what are some of the things that you either know or um, do physically that um, you wish you either knew or did um, back at the beginning of your career? Uh, what are some of those things? Mm, yeah, good question. Um, yeah, so I suppose with perspective on life, um, that sort of point, um, it yeah, certainly yeah, has been massive for me now and, and didn't probably have that as much um, when I was younger. Um, I suppose one thing I might mention is is gratitude. I spend a lot of my time um, doing a lot of gratitude exercises, listening to podcasts, doing a, a journal every day just to, be, to say what I'm grateful for, sort of three things. And um, that's a fantastic way that I've been able to, yeah, like reset and, and just kind of gain that gratitude and perspective about, 
you know, that there is more to life than football or, you know, it might be whatever as an S&C coach, you know, if something's you're having a hard time, um, it can be massive with just, yeah, opening your eyes a little bit and losing that sort of tunnel vision or being stuck in that in that work bubble. Um, yeah. So that's that's been huge. Um, I think I wish back then when I was younger, I asked more questions and was a bit more open to different things. Mm-hmm. I think I was a bit single-minded back then and, um, you know, I thought there was one way of doing things and um, if I kind of didn't have that fear of you know asking a silly question or fear of judgment it would have got me a lot further and i probably would have learned a lot quicker um and yeah. and yeah like just yeah being open to sort of different things um because you never know what you might find it's just yeah there's so many people like great people out there knowledgeable people to learn off and there's plenty more where that came from if you would like to learn more then enter patreon.com forward slash prepare like a pro or head to the link in our show notes Thank you for listening to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. If you like this episode, it'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, give a review, or even share with your mates. The show is recorded in Melbourne, Australia. Be sure to follow our Instagram page for all updates on our latest and greatest. If you would like to get in touch to suggest a guest or advertise with the Prepare Like a Pro podcast, please email me at jack at preparelikeapro.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.